Now, what a song. That is a fantastic song. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Seek to honor His commands. With that thought in mind, turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Share some thoughts this morning about the people God uses or the church God uses. 1 John chapter 2. I'd like for us to look for a few minutes there, some other selected passages. But I'll be reading, first of all, from 1 John chapter 2. Let's just read the text, verse 3 through 6. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. We're at a very critical time in the history of our church. In the past three years, God's allowed us to increase our worship space, increase our education space, and increase our parking space, our fellowship space. It's obvious that God has a special task that he wants us to accomplish. However, I feel with all my heart that this task will not be accomplished. In fact, I don't even believe it will be revealed to us unless we're willing to meet very important requirement. In order for us to be used of God, we must know what obedience is all about. It's easy to say that we know someone. Now, you may have met the person, and you may know about the person, but do we know the person in depth? Uh, an acquaintance does not uh, know the person as well as a close friend does. A close friend doesn't know the person as well as the child does, the person's child. The child doesn't know the person as well as the spouse does. And the spouse doesn't know the person as well as God does. Now today, you may say you know Jesus Christ. But what level do you know Him? We know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. So in order to be used of God as an individual, in order to be used of God as His church, we must be willing to be obedient to God and we must be willing to keep His commandments. Now, John's not speaking only about the Ten Commandments, although we need to keep the Ten Commandments. But John is speaking about all the commands that God makes throughout His Word. 
And so when you know him better and better, you'll begin to trust him more and more and more with your life. Polycarp was born in A.D. 70. He was believed to have been a disciple of the Apostle John. He served as a bishop at the Church of Smyrna. And the Roman emperor, Marcus uh, Arlius, persecuted the church during Polycarp's era. And he arrested Polycarp, and he demanded Polycarp to denounce his faith in Christ. And by doing so, he would spare his life, and he would live. And Polycarp decided not to denounce Christ. As he was being bound to the stake, to be burned, Polycarp said this, and I quote, Eighty-six years have I served Christ. How can I curse him, my king and my savior? He was one of them that knew him, and he was willing to be obedient to him even unto death. Do you know him? Not do you know about him, but do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him in a personal way, in an intimate way? Do you obey what he commands? Look, if you will, at John chapter 2, 1 John 2, verse 4. He says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Well, you may say, I know Christ, Brother Sammy. But verse 4 and 5 give us a test to prove that we know him. And it's called the lie test. Verse 4 again, he that saith, I know him, keepeth not his commandment, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word in him... Verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know that we are in Him. Here's the point. Obedience to the Lord is what separates the true believer from the false professor of faith. You say, well, you may say, well, I I have a problem, Brother Sammy. I don't know all that God's commanded me. What can I do? I mean, I want to obey Him, but I don't know what all He's commanded. Let me give you a short answer. The answer to that is just obey what you know. Obey what you know. Let me give you some examples. First of all, do you know that it's his command to go to church? You know that? Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, listen to God's word. says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you know that it's commanded for us to attend church? 
you say this, well, I don't have to go to church to be saved. Is that right? Well, you have to go to church to be obedient. Hebrews 10, 25. And if you're out of church, then you're either disobedient, and if you're disobedient, then you're backslidden or you're a false professor of the faith. 1 John chapter 2. Well, let me give you another illustration. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verse 25 tells us to husbands to love our wives a certain way even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do you know that God's commanded you to love your wives as Christ loved the church? Are you obedient to that command? You know, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, it says, Husbands, do you know that Christ has commanded you to be the spiritual leader of your household? Are you obedient to that command? Are you disobedient? Are you just a backslider? Are you a false professor? He commanded you to keep his word. He commanded you to also keep his word in front of your children, to, to, to list his word on the walls of your house. Speak his word when you rise up and during the day and when you go to bed at night in front of your family. Did he not command you to be the leader of his home? Are you obeying that command? Are you either obedient or you're disobedient, backsliding, or you're just a false professor of the faith. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. Listen to what God says. He says, and now Israel. He says... What doth the Lord thy God require thee but to fear the Lord? Here's the command. To fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, and to serve him. To serve the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul. You know that God's commanded you to serve him? So the question is this. Are you obedient? Are you disobedient? Are you just a false professor of the faith? May I suggest to you this morning that if you have a a resource, any resource that, that you have tucked away somewhere, may I suggest to you that you need to use that for the glory of God, for God's honor and for God's glory, because that may be the only reason that God has blessed you with the resource that you have regardless what that might be? Do you think that you're you're serving and being obedient to God and obeying His command this morning? At the same time, let me encourage you to just serve God in whatever capacity God's blessed you with spiritual gifts or natural abilities. Let me encourage you to serve Him. That's what he commands us to do. 
me pause here just for a moment and make an announcement. We need some adults. This is in your bulletin. We need some adults to help in children's church during the worship service. We need adults to help with the crafts, not to plan the crafts, but just to help them glue sticks together and be there as some supervision. And also to fix snacks. Don't have to buy the snacks. We have all the snacks. But we just need some adults because Miss Martha Farmer has a problem with 22 or 23 kids, and if she doesn't have the adults to work, well, then it makes it very hard on her to try to teach, prepare the crafts, teach the crafts, purchase the refreshments, snacks, and then serve them. And so I've put out a list, I've talked with her this past week, out in the Welcome Center. So what I'd like for you to do, we need eight adults to sign the list, put down what Sunday you can help in children's church, first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday, fourth Sunday, fifth Sunday, because it's very difficult for her to try to take care of 22-plus children back there without with just one or two adults back there during teaching time, not asking you to teach, just asking you to help with crafts and refreshments. Now, if we don't get those by the first of the month, we've got it covered this month, well, then we have to bring our children in here, three years old through the third grade, because we don't have the adult help back there that we need. And then they won't have their lesson to their age group level during worship. And they won't have their craft. And they won't have their snack. And so if you will, go by and fulfill this command to serve the Lord your God by serving our children. There's only eight needed, but we can have some alternates in case someone has a problem and can't be here that particular Sunday. So just obey the commands that you know. Go to church, love your wives, husbands, be the spiritual leader in your home, fathers and mothers, keep God's word in front of your children, serve the Lord with all of your resources, your spiritual gifts, your natural abilities. And then let me ask you to do this. Obey the command in regards to your giving. Turn, if you will, to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, he gives us a command there. We need to look at that. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. I shared this recently, and let me read it again. It says, Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from my ordinances, and you've not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we return? Verse 8, he says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Then he said in verse 9, You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, I've shared with you, and now we all know the book, the chapter, 
and the verse. So now we have to be, make a decision in regards to being obedient to his command and our giving. We're going to be obedient to the command. We're going to be disobedient to the command and backslide. We're just a false pretender when it comes to the commands of God. Friend, listen. You can rationalize. You can justify. But God could care less about your excuses and my excuses to his commands. Let me give you a real good illustration. There's a couple that did that way back at the beginning by the name of Adam and Eve. And they just disobeyed a simple command. And it just had to do with eating fruit that was in the center of the garden. And because they disobeyed God, death was passed upon all mankind. Just a simple command, don't eat the fruit that's in the tree that's in the center of the garden. And you know the story. They disobeyed the command. And because of that, God dealt harshly with Adam and Eve and with all of mankind. Do you think that God will not deal with those who disobey his command regarding his financial structure of the ministry of his church? For in order for the local church, this church, to be able to raise funds for its building and for its children's ministry and for its, its outreach ministry. Do you think that God would not deal with us in a harsh way if we disobey that command? If God's people don't repent and robbing God and begin giving their tithe, then it's obvious that we don't have no other alternative than just to cut our ministries here very drastically. And I'm serious with you. So in order for God to reveal his purpose and plans for us as a faith family, we have to know God, we have to be obedient to God, and look at verse 5, if you will. Let me close with this. Verse 5, back, if you will, at 1 John 2. Verse 5 says this, But whoso keepeth his word, John 2, verse 5, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we know that we are in him. Know God, be obedient. And for God to use us individually and as a church, we're just going to have to love each other. You see, our knowledge of God is tested by our obedience. So is our love for God. The point is that the person who says they love God, but they do not do what he says, is self-deceived. The worst type of deception you can have is self-deception. There's one thing for me to deceive you, but it's another thing for you to deceive yourself. Now, John has in mind when he penned those words that there's, a, there's just a practical overflow of love from the believer's heart toward other people because he loves God. He knows God. He has the love of God within himself. 
And because of that, he just has this natural overflow of love toward other people. Let me give you a good illustration. This comes from uh, uh, John Phillips' commentary on this particular verse. And he uses Corey Tim Boone. Corey Tim Boone is a great missionary to China. Let me read this. This is what Dr. Phillips says. He said, Corey Tim Boone once saw the man she hated in church in Munich. The year was 1947. She'd come to recently defeated Germany from Holland, a country that had known the full rigors of German occupation and Gestapo rule. She'd come to proclaim the message that God loves and forgives, and she recognized the man, recognized him at once. How could she ever forget him? He had been the one of the most brutal guards at Ravensbrück concentration camp where she had been imprisoned and where her sister had died. At the close of the service, at which she had been speaking of the love of God and of his willingness to forgive, the man approached her. He wore a brown hat and an overcoat, but her mind's eye saw him as she had last seen him in a black uniform and wearing the cap with its skull and crossbones. Her blood ran cold. He came up to her and he spoke, and I quote, I've become a Christian, he said. She dragged her mind back to the present. Quote, God's forgiven me, he said, for all the cruel things that I did in that camp, and I've come to ask you to forgive me, too. It seemed to the missionary that time stood still as she struggled with her heart. How could she forgive this man when her sister, dear, emaciated face came between them? She thought of the cruel death that her sister had died and a coldness lay an icy hand upon her heart. The man held out his hand and seconds seemed like centuries. And then the indwelling Christ prompted the response and she reached out her hand and she took his warmth supernatural and sublime flooded her heart tears came to her eyes and she said I forgive you my brother with all of my heart only the person that has truly accepted Jesus Christ and knows him, and knows him, and knows him in an intimate way, can forgive like that. And the Bible teaches that everyone who has the love of God in them can do that. Now the question is this, do you know him? Do you obey him? And do you love others? God's going to use Mountain View Baptist Church. He's going to use us individually. It'll be because we know him, we obey him, and we love each other. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to come into your presence and share your word. Thank you for this church. You have something great in store for us. Please help us, I pray this morning, to realize the requirements for that to come about, for us to be involved in something great 
We must know you, obey you, and love each other. I pray for every person here. I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior. They may have heard about you, talked to someone else, has met you, but Lord, they don't know you. And I pray today they would come and give their heart to you and build an intimate relationship with you as they're born into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for your word and how your word teaches us and directs us and guides us and help us, Lord, to realize that we are to be obedient to your word, to your commands, to your statutes, to your ordinances. Which ones? All that we know about. And then when we read and study your word and as we discover others, we are to be obedient to those that we discover. Help us to love each other, to reach out our hands to our enemy, pray for our enemy, forgive our enemies, because, Lord, that's what you teach us and command us to do. To love our enemies and to pray for those who despitefully use us. Help us to be willing Lord, to reach out in love to everyone that's around us. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to guide in this invitation as people are obedient in what you would have them to do today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.